And welcome to season three of the JKR podcast presented by JKR Baseball. My name is Jay Shriglin and I will be your host. We're excited to continue the JKR podcast with season three of episodes. This season, we are expecting many great series with top-tier travel organizations across the country, while we also spotlight commits, collegiate, and professional players from across the United States. It is our goal to be the player's platform for all of prep baseball. As we continue to do this, make sure to stay on top of the J-Care podcast episodes, but also tune into the other features that J-Care Baseball presents. That includes blogs like the lineup card written by John Sparacco, player-based events like Battle of Indiana, Summit City Baseball Academy, and other events being announced very, very soon. With Season 3, that comes two new programs for athletes to enjoy. Those are the JKR Brand Ambassador Program and the JKR Athlete Creators Program. To stay on top of all these features, check out jkrpodcast.com to learn more. I genuinely appreciate everything you guys have done for me and the JKR brand over the past two years, and I hope to continue to build both the JKR brand and the game of baseball for years to come. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is Mind Baseball, located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beech wood straight grains mean for less breaks, and Mind Baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mind Baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built-in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, on Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have top-tier third baseman and outfielder, 2026 Louisville baseball commit, TJ McQuillan, on the JKR Podcast for the Illinois Baseball Series presented by Mind Baseball. TJ, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing tonight? Glad. I'm, I'm happy. Glad to be here. Okay, awesome. You know, great to hear, man. You know, first off, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, but before we dig into the whole baseball side of things, whether that's top tier, you know, playing for Mount Carmel, you know, that recruiting process to Louisville, I got one question I like to ask everybody who gets on the podcast to get it started. And that is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is TJ McQuillan? Uh, yeah, so I'm kind of like a keep it to myself kind of person. I'm a little quiet off the field. Uh Really just like uh, really just like playing baseball. Really all I do is lift, hang out with some friends every once in a while, play some video games, and uh, just play baseball, yeah. Okay, there we go. Pretty simple. And with you being a baseball guy, let's just dig right into it. Top tier, that one of the best programs here in the Midwest. Kind of take us through, let's give them a little bit of love here to get it started. Take us through just that travel baseball experience and how you got connected with that top tier organization. Yeah, so we had like a family friend um, – that my dad used to do lessons with and his kid played for top tier, uh, Tom Olenek. He's helped me out a lot. Um, so he kind of, he kind of set up a private, private session with, uh, me and Seth, Seth Kenny from uh, top tier. 
and I did well at the tryout, and he liked it. And yeah, they, they've helped with a lot, like like recruiting and all that. Um, yeah, Seth Plant, uh, Dylan Forstall, um, and Todd Fine. Like they 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 run an amazing amazing organization. Okay, so timeline wise, was top tier pretty much that first travel organization you got the chance to play for, or were there any other ones before top tier? So I played with um with St. John Tomahawks. They were kind of like in like my first my first team. And then I played with another local team. And then I played up with them for two years. And then 2021, I uh I joined top tier for my 13 U season and stuck okay. with them since. All right. So, you know, starting your travel baseball experience, playing on that more local level, what was that adjustment when you did go to top tier, playing a little bit more than just some local tournaments? I'm sure you guys are going down to, you know, Atlanta, Hoover, maybe some of those big time tournaments as well. What was that adjustment going from that regional level to the more national level travel ball wise? Yeah. So, I mean, I said I was playing up. So uh, that, that really helped a lot. Like my dad really put me in a great position. So um, I got to play up face some decent arms some uh some good players so that really set me up well for for like the national circuit okay so you know earlier you kind of talk about a few of those coaches that are in that top tier organization I know you mentioned a couple guys then I know you said coach Plonk I know I've, I know I've heard him I, I know I've heard his name here a couple times so far you know talking yeah. to some of top tier guys but just kind of digging into the relationships you've been able to build with a lot of those top tier coaches kind of take us through what those relationships are looking like yeah, I mean they really like they really let me do what I uh what I need to do to get better and they help with a lot of things. Um and they they've been putting me in the best position possible for my future. So yeah, I couldn't ask for more. Okay. So with that top tier organization, I know a lot of teams within travel baseball, they do it a little bit differently when it comes to the whole coaching side of things. You know, whether that's keeping one coach with that same age level and just continuing on with them from 14U all the way up till they're done, or, you know, having one guy at that 14U level, another guy at 15U, whatever. For top tier, how does that work? Like, are you guys having the same coach throughout, or are you guys going with a different coach each summer? So, uh, Plant, he's usually the coach for the 16U age group, but uh, this year, I guess he really liked our team, so he wanted to come down and coach us for 15U, but usually it is uh, the same coach for – a certain age group and you have a new coach every year, but yeah, it's pretty much just one, one coach per team. Every once in a while, we'll have a, we'll have a second coach. Um, this year we had uh, coach Biondich. Uh He was one of the dads from on the team of uh, Brett Biondich. Uh So yeah, it was, it was nice. Okay. Good so year. kind of, kind of sticking on the relationship side of things, obviously those, that top tier organization is always getting the best of the best players when it comes to the state of Illinois. I'm sure maybe some of those surrounding States, you know, some guys go play for top tier as well, but what have been some of those relationships you've been able to build with some of those teammates on that top tier 2016? Yeah. So I actually live in Indiana, so I'm about like an hour. Yeah. So, so I do live in, uh, I live in St. John, Indiana. So that's about, 15 20 15 minutes from the border so okay um so i'm pretty far from a lot of the guys on the team um one of the only i think if i'm not if i'm not forgetting someone the only other indiana kid on my team is logan routon um he lives about five minutes from me uh but yeah like everyone else everyone else pretty much lives an hour to i mean joe kelly lives up in like he goes loyal he's like two hours close to two hours away so yeah 
Okay, so I didn't realize you were an Indiana guy. I saw uh, uh, you were in the PBR Illinois ranking, so I just kind of assumed you were an Illinois guy. So um, I guess anyway, um, shoot, I guess I kind of have to kind of skip my next couple of questions now. You kind of got me stumped. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so looking up and down that top tier roster, I'm sure it's the same as every different age group. You know, I was talking to some guys on that 25 top tier team the other day, a bunch of guys going to that power five level. I'm sure it's the same there for that 26 group, you know, here in these next couple of years. But with you being around so many other elite ball players, how do you pick the brains of some of those guys? Like, you know, what are those conversations like? Are you talking to them about pregame routine, mentality? What are some of those conversations looking like? Yeah, so we, we all ask each other questions and help each other out and kind of pluck each other's brains. Like um, Ethan Bass, he's helped me a lot with, uh, with like, mobility and stuff. And he'll ask me every once in a while something about hitting or his mindset. And, you know, I'll ask him what, what's going on. Uh, same with, like, pretty much the whole team, like Latko, uh, Brett, all the guys, all, all of them. Yeah. So even, being- even the pitchers, too. I'll ask them, like, like, hey, what, what do you think's coming here? Just so, like, I have it in my mind for when I'm hitting, too. Yeah, for sure. So being in that 26 group, obviously you've got two more years of travel baseball left here for you, going into your 16U summer next year, 17U summer the year after that. You know, what's that excitement here for these last couple seasons of travel baseball? It's going to be fun. We're, we're going to have a great team. And, um, you know, a lot of the uncommitted guys on our team are going to really get, really going to show out. So it's going to be a – Fun, fun next two summers. Yeah, I'm sure. So, you know, kind of, you know, looking into fall baseball, I know we're kind of in that moment in time right now. You said you were at Grand Park this past weekend. Take us through what this fall is looking like. Is it a lot of the same guys on that same summer ball team? Or just what are those expectations here for the fall of 2023? Um, We have about like seven or eight guys that are on our regular team. Most of them play football or they're kind of just taking this, this fall off to uh, – really like focus on strength training and just becoming like a better player. But um, this fall, I'm, I'm going to be going to, I'm actually leaving tomorrow for Florida for the WWBA in uh, Fort Myers. And then I'll come back, play at Rantoul. And then I leave, I'm going to be playing with top tier ruse in, uh, in the 18U uh, WWBA in the first, like the first week of uh, October, I think so. Yeah. All right. So, you know, obviously two questions here from that, you know, you leaving tomorrow, it's going to be a Wednesday there for you. You know, how are you kind of this fall? How are you balancing, you know, baseball within school? Cause I'm sure, you know, school doesn't stop just cause you're leaving kind of take us through, you know, how you balance that schedule. And then second question here, going from, what is it? Probably 16, you playing for, you know, this upcoming week. Mm-hmm. What's, what are you kind of expecting competition wise when it comes to playing in the 16, you tournament this weekend compared to in a couple of weeks when you head down there for the 18, you Jupiter event. Um, so answering your first question, my, uh, my teachers, I was, I was in there today, um, like asking them what I needed and a lot of them have really helped. So they they're pretty much posting everything online and just letting them telling me that like, just to email them if I need anything. And yeah, so they've been great. Um, yeah. I love Mount Carmel. It's, it's amazing there. So um, that's that. And then uh, for 18, U, that's going to be, it's going to be interesting um, for CCL blue. Like I've seen some pretty decent pitching, so it'll be, it'll be a little different, but I think I'll, I'll be, be able to do adjust pretty well. Um, so 
yeah, I've been practicing high velocity and a lot of spin rate. So hopefully I do do decent there. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, future draft picks going to be in that 18U event, guys who are trying to raise that draft stock. So definitely be ready for some good competition there. But last question before we kind of dig into high school baseball, you know, you looking back on your travel baseball experience so far, playing for top tier, playing for some of those local teams as well. What have been maybe some of those favorite travel baseball memories that come to mind when you think of your experience so far? I mean, like – I really only remember the games this year, but like the past, the past years is just like hanging out, going, like going to hotels and just messing around and having fun with all the teams. And uh, yeah, like, like this weekend, me and my friend, uh, Anthony Nottage, he, uh, we just went mini golfing and we just had fun. And I mean, yeah, it's fun to win games and stuff, but you don't really remember much of that. So I rather just, just have fun. And yeah, you got to focus on the, on the at bats and when you're when it's time to focus you got to focus up yeah for sure those uh those off the field memories and those memories with teammates are definitely the ones that you'll be uh be remembering for years to come but yeah put it into your whole you know high school experience so far you're in the class of 2026 so only one year here so far take us through that freshman season playing there at mount carmel what was that freshman season like so i uh i started on varsity this year um I got moved to a new position. We didn't really have a first baseman, so I had to go over there and, uh, and play. Uh, and it was it was interesting. We had a we had a pretty young team, so um, it'll be fun how to to see how it goes in the next couple of years. But um, you know, I love the team. It was like Coach Harry. Um, he's great, and uh, I think he's probably one of the most well respected coaches around. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it was a it was a great year. Okay, so being a young team there last year, what are those expectations here heading into your sophomore season? Yeah, I think we'll be a great team. Um, you know, it's we got a lot of salt, like a lot of twenty sixes and a lot of twenty fives. Um, so we still have, and then a couple couple twenty fours. Um, I haven't really got to see much of the twenty seven class, but. Um, yeah, Mount Carmel's always pulling in some great baseball players, so uh, it'll be interesting, and we'll have a next next three years will be great. So you said that you know you guys do have a young roster, a couple twenty fours on that team, a couple twenty fives. With you being a twenty six, but already having that a full year of varsity experience, are you expecting yourself to step up as a leader a little bit here your sophomore year, or kind of what's that dynamic looking like? Yeah, so I'm not really like a – I'm definitely going to step up and be a leader, but I want to be more of like a lead-by-example type of person. And, you know, when I when I got to like say something, it's uh, it'll be like they'll listen. But, you know, since I'm still young, I'll talk to some of the older guys. But last year I was getting chirped a little bit in the clubhouse when I said something. But, I mean, they acknowledged that at least the freshmen noticed. So, um, yeah, I think I think it'll – I think I'll have to step up. Yeah, for sure. All right. So you talk about getting chirped by your teammates when it comes to getting chirped by maybe the other team or maybe some other team's fans. I'm not sure. I remember looking at it. I can't remember when exactly you committed, but with you being a young guy who's already committed to an ACC powerhouse like Louisville, have you experienced a little bit of chirping so far? Or you have any like chirping that you're expecting upcoming next spring? Yeah, I've had a little bit of chirps. Uh, You do anything wrong and you're committed somewhere and, uh, people people like to say things, but 
some of them are pretty funny. I, I won't lie about that. Like I'll, I'll, I'll turn and I'll give a chuckle and, you know, it kind of stops if you laugh a little bit at it. So, yeah. So you know, what's, what are some of those go-to chirps for a guy going to Louisville? I know like, you know, Alabama's like roll tide or, you know, saying dumb stuff like that, but for a guy that goes, yeah, to it's always like, the- so, like I've, heard, I've got a couple uh like someone who started making bird noises, which I thought it was <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Like go, go cards and stuff like that. But, you know, it, it, I don't really let it get to me. It's pe- people got to say what they got to say, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty funny. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of just like the nature of the game. But, you know, looking back on, you know, your freshman spring, you know, being that guy who's one of the youngest guys on the team facing guys who are three, four years older than you at sometimes, you know, what's tougher playing high school ball as a young kid like that or playing travel baseball when, you know, you're facing some of the top tier talent of your age group, I guess, kind of take us through travel baseball, high school baseball, what's tougher and maybe that adjustment as well. So I think for me this year, it was, uh, it was high school ball, uh, the CCL blue. Um, that's a really, that's a tough conference. I, uh, I actually listened to the, the podcast, the episode with, uh, Sir Jameson Jones and he was talking about the CCL blue and yeah, it's, it's one of, I think it's one of the top conferences in the, in the country. And, uh, yeah, like I'll, we, we played, uh, St. Lawrence and the kid was throwing like 95, 96. Yeah. It was crazy. But uh, yeah, I think for for me this year it was it was definitely tra- uh, high school ball. But as as I get older and older and older, um, especially that seventeen U summer, eighteen U fall, uh, that that'll be harder than high school because yeah. So you say CCL blue? I'm assuming that means what Chicago Catholic League. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So is there a CCL red or a CCL green or what? What exactly does that blue mean? So that's uh, I can't remember all the teams, but there's a CCL white. Um, I, I'm not sure the difference. Like I don't know why it's like that, but um, yeah, our uh, our conference it's it's tough. Yeah. Okay. So especially when it's especially when it's like 30 degrees and we're playing right off the lake, so we got wind blowing all the time. We played St. Lawrence, St. Rita, in, in hail. Ooh. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure those uh in Indiana because I'm I'm an Indiana guy, you know. I'm sure those just like just like Illinois, those those uh those early Mar I guess mid March games, late March games, those aren't the most fun to be playing in with that 30, 40 degree weather. But uh um so you talk about <laughs> that CCL blue, talking about you're facing 95 last year as a freshman, going into this next season in that league, being one of the best leagues in the country in your terms and what Sir Jameson's saying as well. Who are some of those guys to be on the lookout for this upcoming spring? Um, for our team, uh, we got, uh, uh, Colin Adams. He's a great player. Um, Joey Ireland, he's another 26. He's doing good committed to, uh, Illinois. Um, and a lot of our team, actually, our teams would be pretty good. Uh, but yeah, the, the rest of the CCL blue, you got, uh, Kenny Perez. Oh wait, no, he's CCL white. Sorry. He's CCL white. Um, but Sir Jameson Jones, I know I don't know a lot of the guys like personally, but yeah, like a lot of the a lot of the teams have at least three guys. Yeah. So whatever that schedule comes out here this upcoming spring, I'm gonna have to go catch that. Uh, I forget what school Jamo's playing at, but whenever you guys are facing each other, I'm gonna have to go try to catch that game. And yeah, Rita, Rita, see, see what's going on. But uh, yeah. last question when it comes to the high school side of things, kind of the same question I asked for travel baseball. 
you know, you looking back on last year as a freshman, even maybe some fall workouts you've done so far as well. Um, kind of take us through some of those favorite memories that come to mind when you think of high school baseball. Uh, I mean, so we actually have a clubhouse like right next to the field. So on, on Saturday games, we all just hang out up there and, you know, um, we'll eat and after the games we get fed. So, uh, we all just hang out there a lot. And, you know, before games, I'll, me and some of my teammates will get a lift in and, um, or after the game we'll lift. And, you know, it's just like, again, hanging out with the team and stuff like that. But, uh, my, uh, probably the most memorable moment for me was, uh, I was like, I was 0 for 4 one day and it was a rough day. It was our first home game. And then we get bases loaded, full count, down by two. Uh, and I just happened to stick my bat out and I think the wind was blowing out a little bit. So got one over the fence and uh, got my first high school home run. It was a walk off, which was, that was pretty sweet. But just like, just being around my teammates then, especially all the seniors, um, they were making jokes, like yelling freshmen and stuff like that. But it was it was fun. They made it they made it really fun. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, but you know, kind of moving from high school to kind of the whole recruiting process. You know, you're looking forward there for a couple of years when you're stepping foot um, on campus in Louisville. Kind of take us through that recruiting process. You know, when was it that it got started for you? When was it that Division One programs, Division One coaches started reaching out? So it really started the first time I went to future games, uh, junior future games. Uh, I actually went with team Indiana my first year um, because it went based off of high school, but, um, but Louisville invited me to a camp. Uh, yeah. Louisville invited me to camp a couple other schools and um, I went to their camp and uh and I liked it. And my dad, my dad, he used to be a scout. So he's always spoke highly of, uh, of coach Snyder and, and the whole Louisville program. So I've always kept, kept my eyes open for them. And, um, we didn't really get to talking until, uh, the second time I showed up to future games, the junior future games, the second time I went with Illinois and, you know, we started talking and talking and, uh, eventually I got an offer and I waited a little bit, talked to some other schools and, uh, I just found out that was the, that was the right place for me. So. All right. So let's kind of, I guess, kind of take a pause here in the recruiting process. You know, you talk about futures games, first year going with team Indiana, second year going with team Illinois, you know, I guess just kind of big overarching question here. You're one of the first guys I've had on the show that is from a certain state and goes to high school in another state. So what's that like? You know, I saw, go, you know, going through your account earlier, you know, Sammy Swanks from, from following you from Indiana, Dylan Bowen's another Indiana guy, you know, pretty well. What's that like being from Indiana, but playing in Illinois? And then also what was that difference in the futures games playing for team Indiana compared to playing for team Illinois? So Bowen, actually me and him went to the same middle school. So we've always kind of hung out and been in the same group. So, um, so he goes to a public school by us. And then um, Sammy, I kind of just recently met him. He came in. Uh, he didn't come and play. No, we actually just stayed in the same house together for uh, for a tournament in Alabama for PG. So, yeah, we just kind of hung out and became pretty good friends. So, yeah. 
Okay, so digging into that Futures Games, you know, obviously that's kind of before the whole new rule came into effect. So, you know, that Junior Futures game is pretty important for guys like you who, you know, are going, playing in front of collegiate coaches for the first time. You know, what was that Futures Game experience like on just, you know, the day-to-day, the atmosphere, and how were you kind of blocking out just that, you know, I guess, with, how were you blocking out just the knowledge that you had knowing that college coaches were watching you? Yeah, so, I mean, I was fortunate enough to go to, um, like, other showcases at a younger age. And um, so that kind of my, – my dad has told me, like, always just, like, be you, play as yourself. Like, don't – keep your head up. Keep your head up the whole time and, like, don't let anyone know that you're having a bad game or anything. So he's helped me a lot with that. And um, playing at Indiana in the first year, it was a little weird because I didn't know many guys on the team because they, mo- they were mostly Southern Indiana guys. So I didn't really know many of them. But when I when I, uh, when I I started to play, it was all good. But, uh, yeah. So with your dad being a former scout working in baseball, I guess what benefits do you think that's brought you so far, you know, whether that's the recruiting process, whether that's just you developing as a ball player as well, what benefits do you think that's brought you with your dad as a former uh, former scout? Definitely the mental part. Uh, he's always talking about the mental part of baseball, um, saying how and, and you like your uh, like how you how you hold yourself. Like, say I'm over four. You just like keep your head up. Don't let anyone know you're having a bad game, and um, just have confidence. So he's helped me a lot, a lot with that. All right. So as we kind of resume talking about that recruiting process, you said you go to futures games, go to some of these other different showcases, play in front of collegiate coaches for the first time. You start getting those phone calls. Take us through some of those initial conversations, just in terms of, you know, maybe questions that you're asking the collegiate coaches, maybe questions that they're asking you to get to know you as a person beyond the field. What did some of those conversations look like? Yeah. My parents asked a lot of great questions and I kind of just, I let them tell me what they wanted to say and my parents were asking questions and, you know, um, the whole Louisville uh, coaching staff, they did, they did great with talking to my parents and talking to me um, and really explaining everything to me. So um, they, I mean, they were asking how I was as a student and like, what, what are the things I like to do and stuff like that. And um, yeah. All right. So being a kid, you know, as this recruiting process was going on, at that moment in time, you're still quite a long way away from stepping foot on campus in Louisville, or I guess step stepping foot on college campus in general. You know, what was going through your mind at that point? You know, you being so far away, realizing, okay, maybe some of these playing Division One baseball dreams could become a reality here pretty soon. What was going through your mind? Yeah, so a lot of it was, like, confusion. Because I haven't even – at that point, I didn't even step foot on a – on a high school field yet, let alone, uh, like in a high school classroom. Uh, I was still in my, uh, summer going into freshman year. So, uh, I definitely needed time and I think I made a great decision with Louisville and, um, yeah. All right. So going through talking to Louisville, maybe talking to some other schools as well, you know, as you're going through some of those conversations, maybe going to different showcases, going to different camps, what were some of those key things you were looking for? when you were looking, you know, talking to a school, talking to a coach? Um, yes, I would talk to, like, the, the players, ask them how they liked it, like, um, like things that they were working on. I was asking coaches on how they develop guys and what they do with development. And um, I was definitely researching a lot online, too, um, 
And when I went to the schools, I was looking for like, the place was nice. If I could like, if I could live there for four years, three years, however long I'll be there. Um, and obviously I, I mean, I didn't want to go too far from home. I wanted to kind of stay close so I could like see my, see my family every once in a while. Yeah, for sure. That's always an important thing. But you, you know, you talk about how your dad already had a pretty good respect there for Coach Snyder and just that whole Louisville staff. You know, I guess what was it that put Louisville on top? You know, what was this, that final click, that final moment that made you realize that, okay, you know, Louisville's going to be above some of those other schools that I'm talking to? Uh, definitely, like, the the amount of guys that they produce, like, into the into pro ball. And um, – and all the guys that they like, they develop and um, like, I want to get as good. I want to be as good as I possibly can. And, um, and that's, that's real. I just want the biggest chance to play pro ball. So, yeah. Okay. And Louisville always does a pretty good, darn good job when it comes to developing guys to go to that next level. I mean, you know, Brendan McKay comes to mind, you know, guys, you know, I feel like every year they're sending guys, you know, to the MLB draft, but, you know, as we talk about that coaching staff, Kind of take us through the relationship you're able to build with Coach Schneider, maybe some of those other coaches on the coaching staff before that new rule came into play. And then also what that looks like now and what that excitement is for, you know, next August when you get to talk to them again. Uh, yeah, like we were talking every week and uh, he was talking to my parents. We would sit down and we would have a talk and him, Coach Schneider and Coach McDonald. Um, and they did a great job of um, – talking to me and making sure I'm getting stuff done and, and all that. So it was great up and up until that new rule, but I'll, I'll be excited once I can start talking to him again. Yeah, I'm sure I've talked, I've talked to quite a few 2025s who, you know, had probably four or five month break of not talking to their coaches and, you know, talking to them about the excitement they had going into like, you know, July 29th, July 30th, 31st, before they able to talk to their coaches again. Mm -hmm. uh, but as you kind of, <laughs> as we kind of look at, that 2026 Louisville recruiting class already, obviously pretty good class. I mean, you, I believe are going to be that rank, that top ranked kid at the moment, lots of other guys from the Midwest. What are some of those relationships that you have with guys in your recruiting class, maybe guys in the 25, 24 classes as well. What are some of those relationships looking like already with some of your future teammates? So I've talked to a lot of them. We all pretty much follow each other on, uh, on Instagram and Twitter and all that. Um, the closest guy I'm, I'm, the guy that I'm closest with is probably uh, Dominic Santorelli. You know, we play each other a lot, top tier and uh, hitters. So we're always talking and we'll say what's up after games. And, you know, he, he's a cool guy. And we, we talk every once in a while. So, yeah. So pretty low, pretty loaded, committed, pretty loaded recruiting class there already. But with you guys being class of 2026, I'm sure that coaching staff isn't done for you playing on a very elite team like top tier going to different events and just talking to different guys across the country. Are you working as a recruiter in a way to maybe try to, you know, lure some guys into that Louisville 26 class? Uh, yeah, I've talked to a couple of my teammates and uh, some of them like the idea. Some of them are a little iffy. I don't know, but uh, you know, and I mean, even like kids that aren't on my team, like I've, I've talked to them and they've, they've asked like what, what I liked about it and things like that. So um yeah. Yeah. I've definitely tried to convince a couple kids to, yeah. jo to join. 
Always, always kind of a smart move. You know, you gotta, you gotta help Coach Snyder build a, you know, continue yeah. that PC powerhouse he's got in Louisville. But yeah. um, <laughs> last baseball segment I got here for you. You know, earlier you talked about, you know, you made that position change during the high school season to first base. You know, primary third baseman, primary outfielder. Kind of take us through what that plan is here, the next couple of years, that plan at the next level. Where do you see yourself long term position wise? So really, I um. I want to stay at third base as long as I possibly can, but um, as long as long as I can make it as as high up as I could possibly go, and um, I really just I want to, I want to stay as an athlete. I don't want to just be known for my hitting, and um, I think I think I got other tools too, so I want to show those off. Okay, so with last spring, you know, making that position change to first base. What was that adjustment? You know, everyone kind of thinks, you know, first base is this easy position, but, you know, as Scott Hatterberg saw in the movie Moneyball, first base isn't easy. So what was that adjustment, you know, moving from third base to the other side of the diamond? Uh, Yeah, it's uh, you got to learn how to move around there. And, um, you know, there's a couple couple odd movements that you got to you definitely got to stretch for. Um, One of the kids on our team, Xavier Crowder, he uh, he throws pretty hard. So. You got to make sure you catch it when he's throwing it from short. But uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. I just you just had to stretch a lot and really get used to it. So so being being a guy who is be able to be a utility man, you know, playing first base, playing third base, playing the outfield as well. When it comes to I guess pregame routine or you know preparing to play a certain position, is there a difference there or an adjustment you have to make playing from you know position by position? Um, not, not really. Um, I just like to keep my body completely loose. I mean, sometimes I don't even, I don't even know where I'm playing until, uh, until we're about to head out of the field. So, uh, I pretty much just like loosen up my body the same way. And, you know, wherever coach puts me, I'll go play there as, as long as I'm hitting in the lineup. So. All right. So kind of flipping it from fielding to hitting, you know, the more fun side of the game, Kind of take us through your hitting approach. You know, you're on deck, walking up to the batter's box. What's going through your mind? What are you trying to do with each at-bat? Um, I mean, it really depends on the situation and the pitcher. Um, you know, I like to look at the pitcher, and uh, I'll talk to my teammates, and we'll let each other know, like, what off-speed he has, what uh, like what he likes to throw at w- what point, like, what counts. Um and, you know, I, I really like to just hunt with the fastball. And um, if he beats me with a curveball and he could throw it a lot for strikes, then I guess it is what it is. But I, I could I, I think I could hit curveballs too. But, you know, I, I usually – I like to hunt the fastball. Okay. So are you a big two-strike approach guy? Let's say you don't get that fastball. Maybe you swing through a curveball, get the two strikes. I guess are you a big two-strike approach guy? Uh, I really, I kind of just like widen out my stance a little bit, um, kind of just simplify everything, but I'm still trying to hit a line drive right up the middle every time. Okay. So you talk about how you simplify your mechanics there on two strikes. Take us through what those mechanics are looking like, you know, from that load up to that follow through, take us through those mechanics and how maybe they've evolved here these past couple of years if you've matured as a ball player. Yeah. So I kind of have like a smaller load, almost like a toe tap, but um, I'll switch it up every once in a while because um, really hitting is all about timing. So, um, yeah, I like to just have like a simple load and um, every time I'm just kind of trying to hit a backspin line drive right up the middle. 
Okay. So, you know, with the, in today's day and age, you know, you've got PBR, PG, you know, getting all these different rankings. You know, there's track man for pitchers. There's exit velo for hitters. Are you a big metrics guy? Like you consider yourself old school, new school? You know, what's your what's your kind of thought process on that? So my dad, he actually gives lessons. So he bought a rap soto. So at the place I go hit at, we're always setting it up and me and my friends will we'll set it up and have competitions and stuff. Who gets the highest exit velo, distance, like home run derby, stuff like that. So yeah, I like to have fun with the with the technology. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, looking at your game's entirety, so, you know, whether that's playing third, first, outfield, hitting, base running, whatever it happens to be, that game's entirety, you're a scout, you know, I guess your dad, maybe one of his colleagues watching you play, what would be that personal scouting report you'd write up on yourself? Um, it's tough. I don't know. Um, probably like, uh, just big left-handed hitter, uh, does damage and uh i think move, moves well for the size okay all right so i guess last baseball question here for you you know we talk about what you are as a ball player at this moment let's look down the road you as a ball player here in a couple of years looking into your development looking into your development what would be some of those key points of emphasis you have within your game uh my arm my arm for sure uh, really like everything, like a lot of everything. Uh, my arm, footwork, like agility and how I move my feet and um, and my speed. I, I, mean, I really want to get my, my 60 time down. All right. So uh, last segment here for you. Kind of like I said before we started recording, always like digging into the personal side of things here to end it off. Um, first question here. <laughs> First question here, passions beyond the game of baseball. And earlier you said you like playing video games and all that different types of stuff, but you got to take your mind off of something. Maybe you got to cope with some stress. What are some of those passions and hobbies that you have beyond baseball? Um, I go, I like to go work out a lot. And uh, like usually I'll just get, if I'm not playing baseball that day or doing anything to do with baseball, I'm probably lifting, playing with my dogs. Um and yeah, like I'll hop on uh, Rainbow Six Siege a lot with my friends from school. So, okay, all right. So, kind of flipping that to the motivation side of things, what is that that helps you get out of bed every morning? Helps you continuously evolve as a ball player, as a person. What are some of those motivations that you have? Uh, my goals, my goals for sure. Like I'll have, I have a couple notes around my room, like reminding me of my goals, and um, and you know, you want to wake up every morning and do as much as you can with that day. So you talk about those goals. Let's take that a little bit further. 20 years down the road, you reach all those goals. You keep evolving as a ball player and as, and as a person. What does that perfect picture look like 20 years down the road? Uh, hopefully playing in the MLB for a while. Uh, doing well there. And, you know, maybe uh, I don't know what I would like to do after that. Maybe I would like to stay in baseball for sure. Okay, maybe follow your dad's footsteps, become a scout or work for a pro team or something. But uh, nice. you being in the kind of the region, being up there in Northwest Indiana, you big Cubs or White Sox guy or? Um, so I'm kind of split. My uh, my godfather, uh, John Maley, actually he was a uh, he was a coach at the Cubs um, from 2015, I believe, to 2017 or 20, 2014 to 2017. So he was their hitting coach. 
So I was a Sox fan before, and then he became their hitting coach, and I had to go to the Cubs. So, and he's actually back with the Iowa Cubs now. So, kind of back to a Cubs fan. Okay, there we go. You chose a good time to, I guess, not a great time because we were on like what a six. Better, or than, better than the White Sox. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's not not too hard to beat the White Sox with everything going on with them right now. But yeah, uh, uh, last six questions here for you. Going to ask them kind of like a rapid fire pace. Three sets of two questions here. First off, coolest contact in your phone. Obviously, you said your godfather was a you know MLB hitting coach there for a while, so I'm sure you've got some pretty cool guys there in your contacts. Um, second question there, go to playlist. You know, make it a long drive. What's that genre? Maybe certain singer, even a go to podcast that you have that you're putting on the speakers. I'm gonna have to te- check that. I'd say uh, my coolest contact is probably uh, probably my my godfather or. Um, you know, uh, this guy that also went to Mount Carmel, um, Bobby Seymour, uh, he's a, uh, minor league guy with, uh, with the Tampa Bay Rays. So I go hit with him in the off season. Uh, he's probably one of the coolest contacts. And then, uh, really my other, the other question, probably, uh, some country like Morgan Wallen or Zach Bryan and, um, stuff like country music to get me relaxed. And then, um, you know, my other, my other playlist, I'll go with like, uh, just kind of rap music or like newer, newer style music, I guess. Okay. So I guess this isn't part of the rapid fire, but with you, you know, having obviously a close relationship with John Maley, you know, I think you said, what was his name? Bobby Seymour, Bobby Seymour, Seymour, you know, having good relationships with those guys. I'm sure maybe there's some other guys as well who have, you know, pro experience and have worked at that top level, you know, how are you picking the brains of some of those guys? You can include your dad in there as well. How do you pick the brains of some of those guys within the game of baseball? Uh, yes. There's this other guy, uh, Devin DeYoung too. He, um, he's, a I think he's the hitting coordinator with the White Sox minor league system, I, I believe. Uh, but I hit with him in the off season and he brings in a lot of pro guys too. And, um, I'm really just asking them like what they're thinking when they're hitting, like what their approach is. And um, I, I just pick their brains about, about hitting. And if, uh, if there's a guy that's like a third baseman or an outfielder or whatever, like whatever position I play, I'll, uh, I'll ask them about what they're thinking every pitch, every play. Okay. So kind of, you know, moving back into that rapid fire, second set of two questions here. Let's say, <laughs> let's say I'm going to, St. John, Indiana, or maybe where you're playing high school ball as well. What would be some of those recommendations you got for me? You know, restaurant, maybe some cool things to do. What are some of those fun things to do in the region slash Chicago area where you're at? And then second question to that, able to have dinner with three people, dead or alive, who would be at that table? Ooh, okay. Um, so the first question, uh, I like to go play mini golf, so uh-huh. – Probably this place called Ziggy's, a little arcade, and some. Me and my friends over the summer will go and play some mini golf, and uh, yeah, it's fun. Uh, I'm usually just at the cages a lot. That's really all I do. But um, dead or alive, three people. Um, I'd like to say like uh, like Hank Aaron, Hank Aaron. Um, Nolan Arenado. Let me see if I can think of like a like a non baseball. Uh, maybe uh, 
Let's just say Babe Ruth, I guess. Okay, Babe Ruth. You know, all, all baseball. I'll change it. Change, I'll change it. Shohei. Shohei. Okay. You know, not a bad table there. I'm sure you'll be able to, uh, you know, get get some good conversations about hitting in there. Um, I think you're probably the first guy to have an all baseball table. Have had a few, <laughs> have had a few guys bringing in basketball players or celebrities yeah. and stuff like that. I had one person tell me Livy Dunn. Not sure. What, <laughs> I'm not sure what conversation would be having there, but you know, whatever. Uh, so moving into those last two questions here for you. First off, TikTok for you page. Scrolling through, seeing all those different types of videos. What are some of those videos that you're seeing? And then final question: Dream NIL bring. Get that opportunity to capitalize on your name, image, and like this when you get to Louisville. What would be that dream brand to endorse or partner with? So I actually I I don't have TikTok, but um, yeah. I I spent too much time on it. I deleted it. So, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll go on Instagram reels every once in a while. Uh, you find some just random random funny stuff on there. Like, uh, I I can't even describe what's on there. It's it's funny though. I don't know. Um, and then would would Nike count as like an ni? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's probably the, that's kind the, of a boring, that's a boring one. That's a boring one. I'll, uh, <laughs> oh man, um, Homewood bats, I guess. Okay, there we go. That that's a pretty good one for all you guys up there in the region. You know, I've seen uh, Sushi Wilson sing, swinging it, Isaac Vanderwood in that twenty four class. I'm sure I've seen it around as well. Um, is are they pretty uh, uh, active in the community for you guys' area? Oh yeah, yeah they. Uh, they like they like uh like talking to all the all the guys that's that's like within the area and um I've gone to their shop a couple times and they're great to me. I actually just picked up a couple bass yesterday. Um and yeah, I love them. So, and they're kind of like the like the no, I guess I can't say OG wood bat cuz that's Louisville slugger, but I've heard a lot of great things about Homewood bat and especially being an Indiana guy, you know, I'm always you know, pumped to see some of those Indiana slash Illinois brands, you know, making it big there uh, within the game of baseball and within sports. But, you know, I was, I've was i always been waiting. It's been, I think, probably a month now since I've added that TikTok question. And I knew mm-hmm. it was going to be at some point I had a guy who didn't have TikTok. You know, there we go. Yeah. Tonight. I had to delete it. I spent too much time. I, uh, I deleted it last year, so. Yeah. I wasn't getting enough homework done. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a smart move. You know, TikTok does take up a lot of time just because it's, uh, they got that algorithm that makes you want any, you know, makes you watch anything that you want. So, um, yeah. <laughs> pretty guys, I guess, pretty smart move there. But anyway, man, you know, last, that's the last question here in the podcast. You know, really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, appreciate you know, it. I do, do want to, you know, as you go through this fall, go through the rest of your career, do want to wish you the best of luck, man. But, you know, like I said, appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me.